0: hello welcome to shepherding the sheep podcast today gino and jason discuss an important topic of hills to die on and what hills do we need to die on as a church Sheep Podcast, a podcast of Cornerstone Community Church in Las Vegas. I am Jason Vaughn here with the other pastor, Gino Guillermo, and we are here to discuss today uh, the important topic of hills to die on, and what hills do I as an individual, what hills do we as a church need to die on, and so. Very important topic, uh, very important topic to our overall theme of this podcast, which is being churchmen, which we have defined as being craftsmen, individuals in the church who are well-equipped to be a part of the church as a maturing organism under the headship of Jesus Christ, who work together to exalt Christ as a body in Christ. And it's that understanding that each of us has a responsibility, and that responsibility is part of building the church. And by building, we mean maturing the church. This comes from Ephesians four. If you've never heard this language before, I would encourage you to read Ephesians chapter four, verse one to 16, and understand that God has equipped all of us for the building of the church. And so we like to talk about topics that we don't necessarily hit from the pulpit. So this is not necessarily meant to be a theological exposition of truth from the Bible, and yet we are using what we know of God's Word to govern our worldview and our thinking together to talk about what are our responsibilities in the church. And so here we are, and we are getting ready to go. And today's podcast, as always, uh, entails Gino and I drinking coffee, because that's what we do. And today's coffee is a cold brew by Dark Moon Coffee Roasters, their lunar blend. And so we have this on ice for this hot Las Vegas summer day. And uh, just uh, always a reminder to you that uh, tip your baristas because they uh, can make your life better. Right. Yeah.
1: And uh, there's some ice in the background there. because uh, Man, it's a hot day. Actually getting hotter. It um, is a
0: hot day. And if you listen to this in the winter... Uh, That's okay, just know it's recorded on a hot summer day in Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, what happens in Vegas uh, does not actually stay in Vegas, by the way. God sees it all, and so hopefully we are a God-exalting pillar of truth to this community, and so... Uh, here we go by way of, uh, trying to not spend too long, uh, talking about frilly stuff. Uh, let's get into the subject, uh, where we, Gino and I kind of walk through our thinking process. Uh, and so here we go. We have a topic and the topic today is hills we die on. And so, Gina, when you hear me say hills, we die on, uh, what do you hear? If somebody says, what hills do we die on? What do you, what do you hear me asking?
1: Yeah, there's so many categories that come to mind. Um, you know, as a a churchman, you know, know, theological hills we die on, um, hills that we die on in regards to ministry, uh, ministering to other people, um, or relationships such as uh, marriages, parenting, friendship, social media. So quite a number of hills that uh, we think about as we engage other people within the church and also outside the church.
0: Yeah. uh, So, just really doing a hitting that that important significance that the hills we die on really does stretch into uh, relationships that we have with other people and even in different contexts of that God places us in and understanding that not necessarily the same hill exists in every context, in every situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but when we when we do say hills to die on, when somebody says something to me, I say, Well, the hills I die on, and what I mean by a hill that I'm going to die on is this is something that I am going to spend more energy to engage in and to defend hmm. should that hill be approached. And so obviously, right, that the the metaphor comes from, you know, it has that uh, imagery of an army and you know, you've got your land that you're going to fight over. And sometimes you say, you know what Uh, that land over there is not worth the time, energy resources and uh, to protect that. But this hill over here is worth the shedding of blood and the loss of life and the expenditure of resources and the finances that, that cover that come with defending this hill, this hill is worth defending. And so uh, when we're talking about hills, we die on, we're talking about what, what are some things we need to defend? Um, what are some things that we need to um, to protect? And uh, just before we start getting into maybe some of those individual hills uh, I think it's worth mentioning that uh, I'm sure you heard this in seminary I heard this overwhelming from multiple professors and pastors and the the encouragement to us guys who had were very green in ministry was hey you need to really think about what hills you're gonna die on and don't die on every hill
1: yeah I think you're right Um, I mean that doesn't really come to fruition or you don't really think more uh, or a lot about it until until you're actually coming out of seminary and actually doing more ministry because if you don't choose those hills wisely, you're going to be fighting too many battles, uh, too many fights that not, are not worth fighting. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And I, there's some wisdom there too, because if you die on every hill, then you become known as the guy that fights over everything. Mm. And there's a word for that in the Bible. Yes. And it's actually, uh, uh, can be, uh, a disqualifier for elder for an elder position in the church. And that is you can become pugnacious.
1: Right. Um, And the opposite of that, you know, I think of Ephesians uh, four, you know, someone without any conviction, someone that's tossed to and fro like children, not mature. Yes. Also a disqualifier, right? Yes. Uh, You know, someone that's not sober in their thinking and easily is swayed. So, You don't want to fight every battle, but you also want to make sure you're fighting the right ones.
0: Yeah, I think that's right, right? If you don't say anything ever, then you're probably cowering where at some point you have to stand. Uh, On the flip side, uh, I think, you know, unfortunately in my younger years, I was probably a fighter over everything. And what ends up happening is you just become known as the guy that fights over everything. And then nobody wants to talk to you and you have no influence because you fought over everything and though, though you may though you may even have been right ninety percent of the time, you have you're not effective and you're not influential because you're just too busy fighting everything, and everybody just says, "Well, that guy fights over everything."
1: Yeah, I think a person like that normally comes across as someone who's unloving. Yes, and I, I think the base theology that we're talking about here really is love, right? I yes. Mean, I mean, how do we love people better, right? Yes. Uh, well you don't fight them on everything. You kind of walk through life with them and you guide them and you hit the big battles that actually matter. Yes. That that's going to start that kind of inertia in their walk so that that it'll help them in a myriad of other things in their life.
0: Yes. Yeah. I think you're right. I mean that that's that like um, coming alongside people, learning people, loving people. It is it, at the center of it is love and worship. A worship for God, a desire to lead other people, but a a desire to lead other people in a smart, effective way. Yes. Yeah, and it's interesting. I do think wisdom sometimes dictates know when to speak and when not to speak. You know, especially if you've ever been around a table uh, in a group project setting, and uh, I've certainly been around the table where you you know you come together with a group of people over a time, and there's always one or two people at the table that doesn't say anything. But usually what happens is when they speak, they, they have more of an effect because mm. they, the fact that they don't speak on everything. And then when they speak, people tend to listen to them because it's almost kind of like, wow, he spoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Hey, that's probably a really good point. And so um, rather than having a shotgun approach where you just scatter a bunch of BBs out, uh, if you don't know what a shotgun is, um, the bullets are little BBs that shoot out and it's good for, for, bird hunting because it shoots little BBs at high velocity but it, it it's a spray pattern so it hits a larger area whereas the bullet is this one precise projectile and so sometimes the guy that knows what hills to die on he's not shooting a shotgun which is ineffective for big game mm. he's shooting a he's shooting one bullet that is highly effective for big game
1: mm. I yeah. like that analogy yeah
0: yeah, I think so. Because then you have, right, you want to bring down a bear and you shoot a shotgun from 100 yards away, the bear's going to laugh. <laughs> but you shoot a high-velocity, high-caliber um, bullet, and it's going to do something. Right. Yeah, that's still a bear. So. Right. Right. You may You may need two of those, but sometimes you need more than one word. Mm. Yeah. So I would even, I would just say, just to kind of start with, before we kind of maybe get into specific hills, That, uh, you know, one, one thing in thinking about this, uh, I was thinking, you know, in defining the hills that I'm going to die on, I have noticed that even contemplating this has really helped me in ministry. And I think it's helped me in life. I think it's helped me with my wife, my kids, um, coworkers, neighbors, Anybody and everybody, unbelievers, other believers from other churches. Hmm. And the one thing I've noticed from having hills that I die on is that it is cultivated long suffering. Because sometimes you get to an issue where an issue comes up and you tell yourself, this is not a hill I'm going to die on. And what yet, because you're dedicated to loving that person and because you know, slam dunk, that the person doesn't have a biblical view on that, that you find yourself going, you know, I can be long suffering and patient with this person and trust that God is ultimately going to lead this person to the right place. Mm. So it's helped me calm down and be more patient with people.
1: Yes, that's, that's actually really, really helpful. Um, Can you help us? So when you're, because you're 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 thinking about or you're talking about like as you minister to people, yeah. Um, so lay that out for us. Like, what's your what's your you know your process? How are you thinking through it as you approach? Because every every person's a little bit different. Or do you think? Or I mean, are there always the same hills with every single person?
0: Well, that that's an interesting issue. I do I do think when I think about the hills that I die on, and we'll we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, a lot of times by just saying, Hey, I'm not going to necessarily speak right now on that, that what it has driven me to do is to listen more and to learn the person more and to spend more time getting to know the person. And rather than saying, Hey, your view on that's wrong, 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 your view on that's wrong. Is it's led me to ask, wait a minute, is there a common denominator in these three or four issues and what if we took on that common denominator instead of addressing the three or four issues
1: gotcha so that makes more sense so you're you're thinking about so that the big game here is really the core issue yes you're talking about the heart issue that kind of manifests itself through maybe other sins other behavior patterns that you wouldn't waste too much time dealing with because if you hit the big game all yes. those will be taken care of.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of times I think of people as trees. Sorry, <laughs> uh, <laughs> first
1: bears, now trees. Yeah,
0: bears. We're now into trees. I think <laughs> I think of people as trees, and sometimes the the problems present themselves as branches. And I go, wow, this person's got a problem at work. Wow, this person has a problem with with relationships. Wow, this person doesn't understand this. And you kind of can kind of sometimes. Step back and realize, oh, this person has a pride problem. And if he or she just understood humility and Christ a little better, those things would go away. Hmm. You know, or you know what? This person doesn't understand that scripture, when it speaks, has the ultimate authority. And if they would just come to see that Scripture sufficient, those three views would change.
1: Wow! So you're saying the pastor's work is more than just that hour on Sunday. This is this is a lot of thinking that you're talking about. This is like right. There's a little bit of research that goes into this. There's a little bit of thinking and and you know uh, it, you know you're you're actually doing a Bible study right for that person really
0: right. I think we we think of of uh, good mature Christians as being able to ex- exegete their Bible to, you know, to interpret the Bible in such a way to understand and come under its, its um, authoritative message. But I really think all of us as believers need to be exegetes at everything. Yes. So sorry, Kyla, but there's a sense in which you have to exegete your wife mm-hmm. and you just have to realize that one might change. So, <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, because that's that's what people do. They get older, they mature, their their attitudes change, their positions change, and you know they still are wrestling through the whole maturity process that the spirit's doing in them. And so, um, in terms of helping other people, right? I mean, if you can kind of, for me, just saying, hey, you know what? Don't don't address everything the second you hear them. Sometimes just smile, nod, and you be patient. And to an onlooker, you that, that may be like wait a minute are you not do you not care about their holiness mm-hmm. or do you not want like don't you think we should address their problems and the answer is yes we do care about their holiness and yes we do address their problem we we want to address their wrong thinking the real the real issue for me is what's the most effective way to do it that allows that that basically follows the spirit's guidance in maturing this person mm, yeah because the spirit's, if the person's a believer, the spirit is doing some work in that person.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah no no one wants to like be you know corrected the the moment they're you know you meet them first yeah. thing you say is hey by the way that that's per, that's a sinful thing like gee that's the most right uh, you know turn situation with another person yeah. right so.
0: Yeah. I think that one of the biggest complaints among married people sometimes is the nagging spouse and the spouse may be right in what they nag about, but nag has the idea of constantly pointing out what you're not doing right. And that, that, that can exasperate. And so even with our kids, that can exasperate our kids. So if I'm pointing out every little flaw with the kids, that's exasperating.
1: Hmm.
0: And then I'm the dad that just, that you can't be good enough around. And the reality is, you know, the dad may be right. Mom may be right. But uh, even God says that's not necessarily the way to lead them. You know, do not exasperate your kids, right. fathers. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, under the authority of Scripture right there. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I agree. I agree.
0: So, from the start, we don't, We definitely want to say we're not saying we don't want. We we, we want people to be holy, we we absolutely want people to look like Jesus Christ. We want people to be growing into the image of God. Uh, that that is actually what we want. And the good news is that's what the Spirit is doing. The Spirit has does not stop recreating us to be more like Jesus Christ. Uh, does not stop reforming us into His image. Uh, but on the flip side, I do think there I do think there is some wisdom. And saying, you know, what what are the bigger heart issues that we need to address? And personally, I'm thankful for that because I think sometimes it's allowed me to win people. And uh, you know, even talking to a friend, and the friend said, you know, sometimes I, I just need somebody to kind of like cry with instead of judging whether or not I did everything right or wrong. And it's like I I can understand that. I can understand that place. I can understand that desire. You know, uh, especially the since the person I was talking to was is a hundred percent aware that he makes mistakes and is a hundred percent trying to be more like Christ. And um, you know, so sometimes there's just a place for okay, slow down. And is this the issue I want to go to war over? Yeah. So I definitely think um yeah, I definitely would encourage anybody if, if you've never thought about this, you need to think, what are some hills that I need to die on? That's the question you need to ask yourself. And you need to write those answers down. And you need to go to the Bible and you need to ask yourself, does the Bible agree with my hills that I'm going to die on? Uh, I am never going to die on the hill of whether a person wears their pants around their waist or around their thighs. To me, hmm. that is just not the hill to die on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not going to die on the hill of, you know, what kind of car did you pick? I'm not going to, as much as I make fun of coffee, I'm actually never going to die on that hill. I really don't uh, care what coffee people drink. If you want to drink Starbucks, drink Starbucks. If you like In-N-Out, like In-N-Out. That Those are just things that are, they're as fun as they can be to, to kind of razz people with. Uh, That's the kind of thing that's preference issue. And so you need to make sure your hills are truth issues, not preference issues. You need to make sure your hill is biblical. And I'm going to go one step further and I'm going to say you really need to talk to a mature believer. And I would even encourage you to talk to one of the elders in your church and ask them, are these good hills to die on and be open to those being corrected and changed?
1: I think that's fair. Um, Just that extra counsel is always helpful. I I know I need that in my life. Um, And, uh, you know, you guys have always helped me see that, helped me with my blind spots. And we all need that, right? We all need people to help us see our blind spots because we can't see them. That's why they're blind spots. Right. So, yeah.
0: And and sometimes we're passionate about things um, that really, at the end of the day, it's not fair to ask other people to be passionate about them. Mm, Okay. Yeah. So, and and sometimes even, even truth issues, you know, like, uh, sometimes we're in knee jerk react phase where, you know, maybe we got saved at a, at a charismatic, you know, uh, I want to say holy roller, but I don't want that to be offensive. Um, you know, church. And we come to realize that's not the work of the spirit. And so we, um, we're very you know combative against that,
1: like just an overreaction or knee jerk reaction towards yeah anything of that theology, yes Hitting back too hard, maybe, yes, when it's not a hill to die on necessarily
0: yeah not yeah not yeah, not necessarily a hill to die on, depending um, on the circumstances yes, yeah, yeah yeah, I would die on that hill if a group came and were fighting for us to put tongues into the service on sunday that would might that is one of my hills, and I would die on that hill mm. Um, but I'm not going to die on that Hill with family members. Right. right. And I'm not going to die on that Hill with, with, you know, in by a coffee shop and I run into another believer, I'm not going to die on that Hill there. And so for me, that's the, um, you know, there, there's this phase that we go through where we kind of come to see the truth and it's the cage stage Calvinism, right? You come to see that God is sovereign and then you're kind of offended by people that don't think God is sovereign over salvation. Mm-hmm. And so you bite their heads off when in reality you maybe need to step back and say, do I, do I really need to die on that hill or not? Mm. Now there might be a context where you do need to die on that hill, but I think wisdom dictates that. But on the flip side, we need to make sure that our hills are not just knee jerk reaction from our bad experiences. That's why they need to be rooted in scripture and rooted in uh, and have gone through the vetting process of godly counsel.
1: I agree, yeah.
0: yeah, all so right. all right well that that's uh, that's you know, there we are with hills. Um, so where are we gonna go to war over? Um, what what hills are you gonna die on? So I just want to say personally, uh, you know you need to you need to have some and you you are gonna notice I think that you're more patient with people more you're easier to you're gonna listen better. You're going to spend more time, you know, sometimes I hear people talk and about the time I want to speak, I ask one more question and then I'm thankful that I asked that one more question because that one more question actually then opened up a whole other area that had I spoke too soon, I would have missed, I would have, uh, it would have been misdirected counsel or misdirected speech. And so there's almost a sense in which, you know, just as you're forbearing with people, Trying to, you know, sometimes trying to decide how much energy do you want to get into that, but you're really learning the person. And so you're, you, you basically, you're like the sniper, right? Who didn't take the shot right away, who stopped and, you know, made sure your spotter and you have accurately diagnosed the wind so that your shot is going to be on key rather than miss the mark. Hmm. So there we are, back to sniper. Yes. It's a hunting analogy kind of day. <laughs> yes. All right. So what hills do you hunt deer on?
1: Hmm. So what context are we? Because I think that matters, right?
0: Yes, I do think it matters. Uh, I, I would say that you probably, right? So once you start to cultivate, what hills do I die on? I think you do need to ask that question, like in terms of, um, you know, what hills do I want to die on uh, with my spouse? I wrote, I wrote down a list here. Spouse, kids, social media, work, and church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe neighbor. Maybe neighbor could be a sixth. But um, I definitely know for social media, the hills that I'm going to die on is a lot smaller than any other. I'm maybe going to die on one hill on social media. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe die on one hill, social media.
1: Except that one day when you decided to fight that hill, <laughs> that uh, hill you
0: said you weren't going to die on it. Uh, Honey, I'm going to be up late. Someone's wrong on the internet. <laughs> yeah, that never goes well. Uh, so with your kids, you know, what, what hills do you die on with your kids? I really think you got to keep it simple with your kids. Uh, if you fight, if you're fighting your kids on everything, uh, it just is, it's exhausting. And at the same token, if you're going to, if you're going to fight your kids on it, then you need to be consistent on it. Cause if you fight your kids on a hill one day and then the next day choose not to fight that hill and then pick that hill back up the next day. You know, in three days, in four days, your kids don't know. They really don't even know what to expect. So the playing field is not easily defined, and your kids are just kind of on eggshells because they don't know which dad, which dad or mom, am I getting today? And that's not good. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but I think for our churchman one, do we want to talk about those hills
1: individually? Um, I guess it might be helpful. Um,
0: yeah. We could do that. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, Gina, what hills do you die on with your kids?
1: Ah, for me, it's very simple: listening and obeying right away with a good attitude. Like, that kind of all rolls rolls into like you know, if I, if I were to put that in one word, you know, it's it's respect, yeah. um, love, that sort of thing. But I specifically lit out that way. So, yeah, listening and obeying right away with a good attitude is the hill I always die on. Good attitude. So like, if they don't listen. Um uh, and they, and they don't do it right away, and they do it with a bad attitude that's all the same um yeah that's that's a I'm gonna fight that one every single time
0: yeah, and that's a good those are good hills. see what I like about your hills there is they're not so specific they're they're at some level principally driven, but at the same token, if my kid's running around near a parking lot and you say, Stop, you really need them to stop yes, um but at the same token, sometimes you just need them to pick up your plate pick up the plates that they ate on at dinner. And that's the same principle. Yep. Yeah, so it applied that where it's seen is in a thousand different ways throughout the day. But at the same token, you're really glad you died on that hill with them in the pressure situations when things are dangerous.
1: Yes, and I start real early. My three-year-old always asks me, "What is attitude?" <laughs> and I have to explain it all the time. She's, always, she's like, well, "What is attitude?" Like it's when you're when you don't have a good attitude, you know, you know. That's yes. how I explain it. Yeah.
0: Well, she gets whatever she wants with me, so she's. Can I have a banana bread? Sure. <laughs> I work hard at undermining, not undermining. At a. <laughs> I'm just ready to be a grandparent. It's fun. Um, you're getting there man I am well with your kids it's it's like practice and being a yeah. grandparent sure have this cookie and then I hear Jesse go what are you doing I don't know she was cute she asked I said yes yeah yeah so <laughs> but I will say Janet got better because at some point she said I said here you want this cookie and she goes I better ask mommy oh
1: awesome See? I
0: thought wow look at that conviction growing
1: <laughs> it eventually works so that's the thing like you you say it enough yeah, and uh, you teach it enough, and they it starts to sink in. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, well, and that's good because in the pressure situation of her life, when an outsider says something that goes against that conviction, she has the wherewithal to discern that hey, oh, this is a potential danger zone for me. I need to ask. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I think that's that's the that that can be the fruit. I don't want to say that's always going to happen, but it can be the fruit of of having less ills to die on with your kids is it makes it easier for them to follow you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it makes it easier to manage them too, you know? And so if you don't want to fight that battle with the kids picking up their, their, their plates after dinner, then you just don't ask them. Mm-hmm. And then they're not, It's not a listening obeying thing. They just weren't asked to do it that night. Yes. Yeah. Then you use it against them the next night. <laughs> we picked uh, up after you last night. Now you pick up after us tonight. There goes the ice cream man. I like the ice cream man. Oh, wow. Yeah, that little. It's a nice little uh, applause break there. Yeah, for the ice cream man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we almost paused this podcast to go get ice cream, by the way. Yeah, so then with your spouse, what hills do you down with your spouse?
1: Listen to be right away with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> awkward no, no. hopefully jesse doesn't listen to this does she
1: <laughs> she said this is her favorite podcast well <laughs> she's been listening <laughs> exactly yeah
0: yeah uh, so what hills do you down with your spouse that's uh, a whole you first jason uh, no come on i was doing the <laughs> interviewing did, her
1: I, <laughs> I said i did children first No, no. for for us i mean i think um uh for us one of the things is like just not not compromising on uh, on Sundays and and um, you know things that uh, things that relate to church. Um, yeah. I, I always die on those hills because uh, you know that's something we have to do as a family yeah. um, because it's important and it's gr- it's good for us and it's what it's how we honor the Lord as a family.
0: Yeah, I think that would be mine. Uh, I don't. Uh, one of the things we tell our family is we are here to serve Christ as a family. And that is our job. Um, And I tell them whether, you know, sometimes like, well, dad, but you're the pastor and it's well, yeah, but, (laughs) but, and that's the thing. They didn't know me pre pastoral ministry really, but Mm -hmm. had they known me pre pastoral ministry, we were about the church before pastoral ministry. And well, I think that's one of the things we try to encourage men in the church to do too, is men, be about church ministry. And if that's the only hill you die on, that's a good hill to die on. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a part of me, I, I'm not really a movie guy. Uh I mean, I, I have some movies and I, there's some that I really enjoy and there's some that I really like. Uh, and usually it requires great character development because 99.9% of the time, I guess the plot, um, that's my English background writing days. But uh, I don't care what we do a lot of the times as a family for like entertainment or for like just to hang out together. Uh, I'm not, I'm not very picky on the menu. Uh, if Kyla wants me to grill, I'll grill. If she wants to cook, she can cook whatever she, if, if you know, if she's organizing the menu, I, I do not care. Whatever you put in front of me, I will eat and be thankful for. Even if I don't like the meal, I'm going to smile and thank her for doing that. Um, uh,
1: you always like
0: the meal. Oh, yeah, some there there is one. <laughs> I think a few people K- know Kale the one. salad. Well, that's not the one. I don't uh, want to say it. Okay. Uh the worst part was it's not my favorite, but I know we've had other people over that have had it and they're like, This is the best thing ever. And I'm just like, Oh, I'm just uh, like, yeah, okay. Um <laughs> uh, so tonight I'll have an extra cookie. So um Uh-oh. yeah. Hopefully but, you're not in trouble. No, I'm not I'm not in trouble. But yeah. uh but not dying on, that, on those extra hills, I think, is helpful because then you die on the hill you die on. And Kyla doesn't really ever try to do anything to neg- negate that work either. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we all slip into moments where we're just not thinking about the decisions we make and the ramifications of those, those decisions. And so every now and then something happens, and it's like, yeah, I feel like Han Solo looking at Chewbacca and Echo Base we're trying to get out of here and you, you now take this apart and now we got to put this back together. Like that's not what we're trying to do here. And so I always feel like that, that, that head, that scene actually always rolls through my head at that time. Like we're trying to get out of here and you choose to do this now, you know, like, Whoa, what are we doing? We're trying to get out of here. And uh, that's the same thing with the kids and, and the wife. So yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Those are, okay. So when it comes to, uh, work, what issues do we die on at work?
1: I don't know if I ever thought about this. Um, I mean, obviously, holding like you know, not uh, being asked to do things that are um, you know sinful. Um, I would die on those hills with the boss. I mean, I've never really been asked to do anything sinful. Yeah. Um, so, I, how are you thinking in in the realm of work? Like, is there something that's maybe? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I would probably pick um, not sinning. Uh, the The issue with that is somebody always thinks, well, if I see somebody do it, then I'm culpable for what they did. Mm, okay, and You're so like
1: witnessing someone do something. Yeah,
0: I'm not necessarily a fan of the second degree of separation. Like, well, I knew somebody at work sinned, and so I died on I'm dying on that hill because I just work with sinners, so I'm constantly telling on all my all my coworkers. Uh, I don't want to go down that road. Um
1: is that kind of what we mean when we say, is, don't be a Karen? Yeah, don't be a Karen. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Karen. Yeah, there were no we you, Karen harmed in this yes. podcast.
0: Uh, yeah, you know, we're not, unless your job is internal affairs or HR, then, you know, you're not necessarily at work to be a tattletale over all of your coworkers. Uh, on the flip side, the hills I might die on are, uh, if I'm asked to, to do something that violates my conscience, uh, or that is sinful. Uh, and even then, if it violates my conscience, I might, you have to ask yourself, is this an actual sin issue or why is this violating my conscience? And you, it might be appropriate. You might need to, to reorient your conscience. Hmm your boss actually might not be telling you to do anything sinful. Um, but because you don't feel comfortable doing it, mm. you know, maybe you've just never thought about what they're asking you to do.
1: Uh, let's say, let me paint a picture for you. What about, um, you know, you're the guy that the boss depends on your top work, top uh, worker and everything. Um, and, you know, he or she asks you one Sunday during, you know, what normally would be church service to, to, to go to, uh, an event that the co or the company maybe needs you um there representing the the position or your job or the company
0: yeah so one sunday
1: yeah it's a, it's a it's a sunday out of the blue they're asking you to you know step out of your normal day off and and help out in this area it's it's you know
0: yeah
1: it, it's something that's um I'm, I'm trying to think like it's you're a salary yeah. guy, you know yeah. what I mean yep. you're not really it's not really required, but it's like look down if you don't do it. Yeah, I think we've all kind of been in those situations. yeah
0: I early in my Christian walk, I would have said uh, you tell your boss you can't miss church. Hmm. now I would say go hmm. and the only the only time so the way I would think about that specific situation, is if it's a one Sunday random off the wall thing, then I would probably go do what my boss asked me to do. Uh, if my boss starts turning it into every Sunday, I would pull him aside and say, boss, I love you. I love this company. Uh, my family has a deep commitment to the church and um, we would like to be there every Sunday and we don't mind helping you out. we, we, want this company to excel and do well uh so i don't i didn't mind doing it the one time Uh, i don't mind doing it once a year for you uh so is there somebody else that could maybe represent us you know and if you Hmm. don't get the promotion you don't get the promotion but the reality is i mean god god watched over daniel pretty well uh he can watch over me pretty well too
1: Hmm. yeah that's that's always a tough one um and then there's guys obviously, obviously that you know, um, they they have to work on a Sunday. They're, they're a nurse, a doctor, a, yes. a police officer. Um, and and for people like that, what do you say?
0: Yeah. Well, again, then that's where the church is a relationship. And so you, you're right. So when we've had people that worked on Sundays that were very a part of the church because they were at other things. Mm, yep. And they, they made it a point of when they were at other things to be there and to engage and um, make sure that they were inviting people over to their house so that they stayed connected to the body of Christ, even if they were having to work on Sunday.
1: Ah, I love that answer. Yep, and there's guys who have done that and um, have maintained those relationships and have matured. So, yes, you know, yeah, yeah, and
0: yeah, exactly. And that, I think that's, right, because that's showing your commitment. And so at work, I would say you want to die on the hill of integrity. Uh, you want your yes to be yes and your no-no. Uh, Another hill I would die on, uh, and I think this may be more of just a conviction, is I'm not going to talk bad about my boss to my coworkers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and just always, I mean, obviously, it's a given that you're going to be, like, the hardest worker there, or, like, hardest to your ability, at least.
0: Yep, show up on time, don't be late, Yeah. work hard, don't complain.
1: Oh, the work thing turned out to be... The, the most we talked about.
0: Uh, oh, I did. So far. Okay. Well, so that, that's, that's work. Uh, but again, I think, I think some of those have to be specific to, spe- to specific situations too. You know, um, if I were a bartender, uh, one of my hills to die on is I might not, if I think you're inebriated, I might not serve you anymore. I'm going to die on that hill. if it's sure I'm not giving you another alcoholic beverage. Uh, part of that is because, uh, you could actually sue me if you drive home drunk you know, so that's protecting my livelihood as well.
1: That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I am I think law enforcement guys might need, might have specific answers for that. Fire department guys might have specific answers for that. Uh, nurses, doctors, right? Because each job has its own set of circumstances and factors that need to be weighed with wisdom. And so, you know, even, even at the second things start to make you feel uncomfortable, it might be wise to talk to somebody through that just to see, because sometimes, especially if things change at work, uh, you get into that, like, like people don't like change. And so things kind of get upheaved a little bit and your mind kind of does different things. And so, uh, sometimes then you don't feel comfortable, but it's not because of your conscience to be violated, It's just because change is happening. So again, I think run that through the, the rubrics of what does the Bible say and what, what does somebody out like, that's where I love going to the elders or, or godly men because they're enough outside of the situation to where they can give me a fair observation that isn't colored by my preferences or biases in the situation. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Okay. So uh, th- that's the hills I'm going to die on there. Uh, what hills am I going to die on on social media? Honestly, I would say <laughs> uh, don't die on any hills social media. It's social media. You're always going to have people yeah. that don't read you and fire back. I would just say be kind and loving on social media.
1: Yeah, yeah well, I think if anything, for me, uh, I purposely try to promote unity. So like if, if, it's gonna, if I'm going to put something that – like towards maybe a controversial topic, it's always going to be one where that's going to invite, you know, both sides of the table and yes. agree on this, you know, yes. instead of being divisive. Um, there's many a time, man, I start typing uh, a post and I, and, and I, for whatever reason I stop and um, I just don't post it yet. And yeah. like several hours later, I'm like, eh, yeah, I'm not going to post that. And I'm glad I didn't. So yes, for those many posts, I didn't post, I'm like, Thanking God, I didn't do it. So
0: yeah. Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't know if that's the same way for you, but.
0: Well, I've I've said things on social media. (laughs) I wish I could take back. Uh, But I also I think you're right. I've now have a file where I just write them up on an Evernote and then let it sit there and come back the next day and delete it and just go. Well, that was helpful for me just to crystallize some of my own thinking. Yes. And then uh, a friend of mine has a, a, a notebook where he says, what do I think about? And instead of posting on social media, he writes it in his notebook and he has running tabs on different subjects. And, you know, so at some point, I mean, he's going to have a book at some point and that's great. when he does, it'll be a good book.
1: Yeah. That's actually really great. Um, yeah. I think many of us kind of have that file in our phone or in our computer somewhere. Yes. Uh, and if you don't have that file, you should, you should have that file. You should have that file.
0: <laughs> and by the way, I love Evernote. Um, just love my little plug. I think everyone should use it so that it ensures my software is around for another 20 years. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, yeah,
1: I'm an Apple notepad guy,
0: yellow pad guy. I don't, I I like Apple, but uh, that guy, I ever know better. But anyway, uh, for me, it works better. Okay. So, uh, we have another big issue and that is what heels do you die on in the church? I think, I think for this first, uh, this first part though, we're going to stop there and then we'll pick up the next podcast. Um, we'll go ahead and do a a whole second podcast on what hills do I die on in Cornerstone. And so Gino and I can tackle that subject from the perspective of elders and from the perspective of an individual. And so, um, just to kind of briefly, briefly summarize what we said here. Um, we are advocating that everybody needs to have hills to die on. Uh, the goal is always ministry Uh, The goal is being wise with where you spend your energy and resources. And the goal still remains that you are trying to help make disciples in every situation. And so um, not everyone's hills are always going to be the same, but I think when we come to the cornerstone one, it is helpful to understand what hills we are dying on as elders and what hills uh, maybe you can learn something from us even just in terms of what hills we die on individually just so that you can be a more effective and wise disciple maker in our role together to equip the church and to mature them. So uh, with that said, that's the end of uh, what is now a two-part podcast. And so, Gino, any parting shots on this?
1: Um, No, I I think we'll bring it back at the uh, church discussion. So.
0: Okay, well, uh, I hope everyone has a great week. And uh, again, if we can serve you, if you have questions, feel free to email us or text us. Uh, if you have things we'd like you'd like for us to talk about, don't hesitate to bring that up to us as well. As we would, uh, we are open to other issues. Uh, otherwise, we have a list, and we'll just go through that list. And so, uh, everyone, Godspeed. We love you, and praying for you always. Bye, everybody. Bye.